to the Monday Night Scores, the wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. We relive the war skirmish by skirmish to decide which show we think should have won the fight for viewing figures that week. We then reveal which show actually did take the gold in the Nielsen ratings, using our golden envelope that definitely exists what you're talking about. But we'll start by introducing ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always, joined by the man who will not leave a car park until the minute his ticket has expired, the one and only nitpicker. How are you doing, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm alright, actually, Tar. Um, looking forward to another week of reversing what I think Jimmy Hart's going to get up to, actually. Been, uh, been eagerly awaiting it all week. Glad <laughs> to hear it. And allow me to say, Liam Venido to our Spanish announce table zone. Lost Liam. All right, Liam. Translation, please. Uh, bienvenido. It means welcome in Spanish, and I replaced oh, right. bien with Liam in oh, honour okay. of you. If you see what I've done there, I like I was it. Really pleased. Yeah, with that. I'm good. Thanks. Good. Kind of, kind of hoping we get some uh, some footage from uh, Jim Duggan goes to Ireland. What I've been <laughs> waiting for all week. Me too. I'll be on ten yeah, rocks. So, um, yeah, it's looking. Hopefully, hopefully a good show from Nitro if uh, that's included. Well, I mean, I, it kind of failed to be. If they do have it, then we'll have to find out. Right, well, before we get into it, don't forget to follow us on Twitter if you don't already. We are at TMN Scores. And looking up at the Monday Night Scoreboard, I can see it's showing Vinnie Max Raw ahead 4-3. Let's see if Eric can level things up this time around, or if Vince can pull away. Alright, calm yourself down, Jim. I'll get you placed in history with some cultural reference points before you go all anti-like. Let's set the scene. The date is the 13th of November, 1995. This week, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, opened and went straight in at number one in the box office. It took in nearly $38 million on its opening weekend. Not bad going, that, eh? Classic, classic film. (laughs) Bjork released the single It's Oh So Quiet. I'm going to start sending copies to Hacksaw as hints for his promos. And in entertainment news, <laughs> accountant to the stars Keith Moore was sentenced to six years in prison for stealing £6 million from Sting. No, not that one. Moore was the rock star's financial advisor for 15 years and lost £4.8 million quid by investing his client's money without his knowledge or consent. What were those investments, I hear the nitpicker ask? Well, I'll tell you, Jim. They included an Indian restaurant chain in Australia. Nothing too daft there, but all right. A scheme to convert Russian military planes into passenger jumbo jets. Yeah. <laughs> and the development of an ecologically friendly gearbox. Right. Sting. The remaining 1.2 million was spent preventing Moore's personal bankruptcy twice. Right, now we know what we're watching on the silver screen, what we're listening to when it gets so loud we say, stick a Bjork in me, I'm done, and what the scandals we're reading about in the entertainment dirt sheets are. Let's see how Eric and Vince are going to compete with that lot. There'll be mask-covered horror show promo grandmasters, slop-scuppered aristocratic ring-exit disasters, but no, none other than the shock masters. Let's get cracking.
We kick off this week by heading to Jacksonville, Florida, the home of Limp Bizkit, and for tonight at least, WCW Monday Nitro 2. After the titles, we start tonight's broadcast from the Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum, as we usually do at the announce table, where I'm sorry to have to tell you that this week, Pepe is Superdog, for no reason. After this latest canine televisual travesty and a World War Three plug in which Bishop calls Jimmy Hart a maggot. <laughs> we, <laughs> no, no. Didn't know he was a Slipknot fan. I know. <laughs> I, I'm liking Jimmy Hart more and more by the week. That maggot. That's <laughs> all we got. It's over and over again. I loved it. We head to the ring for some superb wrestling action. No, of course we don't. We instead fade into what looks like a set from Maid Marion and her Merry Men from CBBC, <laughs> where we see a stone cross in a kind of cave, I think. As the camera zooms out, we <laughs> hear the deep baritone groan <laughs> of a man with a hangover trying to remember which pub he left his shoes in the night before. Yeah, he, he sounds injured here, doesn't he? <laughs> he's like, he's so this starts off, I thought he was injured. I know. <sighs> Breathing. Yeah. Coming, coming from the treatment table. <laughs> oh, the camera continues the slow zoom, and we're met with the sight of Hulk Hogan, who's gone all discount Zorro on us. He's wearing a black Phantom of the Opera style mask with streaks of black face paint on his chin and neck, and a black cloak with a hood, and he has a broadsword. I don't... <laughs> what were your thoughts on this, this paint on his face? <laughs> I can't believe this. Whatever he was taking with that lad's British beats last week, he didn't get too much of it, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's been on the spice or something. He's got hooked on it. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's been man. left with some crayons in the afternoon. <laughs> Decided to draw a beard on, got bored halfway through. He cuts a terrible promo about how the training, the prayers and the vitamins are immortal <laughs> and will live yeah. forever, and that's why the Dungeon of Doom is scared of him. <laughs> And that Macho Man, his brother of the road, apparently, will bring him the head of Meng on a silver platter, brother. Again, I don't know. Does he say that enough? I'm not sure. Because he doesn't... <laughs> he got a talking point. I mean, he might only drop it in once. I don't think that's enough times. I would, I'd be looking for at least three or four times to be mentioning you're going to bring oh. Meng's head on a silver platter. It's, it, it's like he's got it written on the back of his broadsword, and that's the only line he's coming out with. <laughs> it goes on for far too long, this, and it's full of, like, weird botches. <laughs> one, had, one had me in tears. So he's addressing Macho Man and trying to tell him what he's trying to say. He's trying to instruct him in a kind of theatrical way to move fast, move swift, and bring me the head of Meng, which obviously he <laughs> will do. But instead... <laughs> but instead... Why has he gone into, like, all Henry VIII this week, like, <laughs> demanding a beheading? <laughs> oh, so he tries to say, move fast, move swift, and bring me the head of Meng. But instead... <laughs> he's, God, but instead he says, <laughs> but instead he says, fuck, hang on, but instead he says, moose fast. <laughs> oh, what a joker. Oh, what a joker. Oh fuck! I was crying watching this. I knew it'd be so hard, but instead he says, "Moose fast, move swift." (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. 
he says moose fast move swift <laughs> and, and that about sums this cobblers up fucking hell back on comms and Mongo says something pointless and Heenan makes a prediction that at World War 3 Hogan will be the first one out onto the concrete floor scaplat he says which I liked nice I agree with Bobby Heenan Hulk Hogan in this current mental state can't, can't be lasting long in a, in a battle royal. <laughs> Surely not. Uh, I mean, he's, he's clearly spent the last week smoking, you know, copious <laughs> drugs I mean, with this whole thing. last long in a supermarket in this current mental state. <laughs> I mean, what was this like? The, like oh, there wasn't at any point in this car crash <laughs> did a logical thought leave his mouth. No. Like, what was going on? It was, again, we, we, we spoke about it last week, like every every bad promo or the very worst is involving Hulk Hogan all the time yeah it absolutely <laughs> reeks of dog dirt when Hulk Hogan <laughs> is involved you're right you're right let's move on <laughs> we're finally going to get some wrestling on this wrestling show and we kick off with the one and only Meng who is still far too good for the Dungeon of Doom he's accompanied by the Taskmaster on his way to the ring Bischoff on comms wants a species check on Meng as he doesn't think he's human Heenan agrees and says he's part human part animal good save Bobby Mongo then ruins it and says he thinks he's Bigfoot and that Taskmaster shaves him Heenan throws some superb shade on this crap uh, by sarcastically saying it could be out next is his opponent dressed in black and white and billed from the dark side of Venice Beach California which is definitely where that promo from last week took place evil face macho jumps Meng by arriving through the crowd rather than the ramp and knocks Meng who knocks the yellow dressing gown clad taskmaster out of the ring and we are underway crowd love it as macho takes control a back elbow following an Irish whip straight to the outside and macho slams Meng's head into the steps then the barrier then the barrier again then rolls him back into the ring an eye rake a choke on the ropes that Meng sells with the guttural picked up by the ringside camera that gets a great shot directly beneath the man who isn't shaved Bigfoot. Evil Macho continues his heelish dark side tactics then body slams Meng to set up the flying elbow but the taskmaster climbs to the turnbuckle to distract. Macho goes over and knocks Sullivan down and then climbs the same turnbuckle himself but Meng is now up and Macho's flying double axe handle is countered with a punch to the gut allowing Meng to take control. Meng takes Macho outside as my new favourite heel Jimmy Hart joins at ringside and starts using his megaphone to taunt Macho. Got a proper giggle from me. Brilliant chicken shit heel behaviour for him. Meng and Macho back inside and uh, Meng is dominating. Some lovely Meng pose, hold and chop chops again and again as he then tears open Macho's t-shirt to make sure the chops are really doing damage. Lovely little flourish that from Meng. Meng's assault on the stricken savage in the corner continues for ages until Meng finally drags him out, body slams him, and heads up top to booze from the crowd. Flying headbutt from the merciless Meng, super graceful, but Macho rolls away and the crowd goes ballistic. Up steps Jimmy Hart onto the apron to distract, and Taskmaster does the same on the other side. Macho drives Meng into the mouth of the south, sending him and his megaphone tumbling to the floor below as the ref instructs Taskmaster to get down, and he politely obliges. Macho runs the ropes and sends Meng to the canvas with a forearm before heading up top once again and delivering the best flying elbow in the biz. One, two, three. Electric guitar, land of hope and glory hits as Macho's arm is held aloft. But just as he starts to celebrate, he's attacked from behind by the shark. Who... Hey, the speed of the shark getting to the ring here, by the way. It was lightning. unbelievable. It was, it was, it was, it was Mako Shark-esque. I googled the fastest shark in the ocean, Mako Shark. I couldn't believe it. It was an alarming pace for the big guy. I will say, it took him about three seconds to get up to a standing position once in the ring. But the entrance was rapid. Yeah, knackered, knackered after the sprint. (laughs) 
He attacks Macho, then holds Macho's flying elbow arm for Taskmaster to attack. And as if things couldn't get any worse for Macho, who else should arrive to help with the assault but the total package Lex Luger, who is well... <laughs> Who is wearing? Oh, 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 oh! Who is wearing pinstripes tracksuit bottoms and a matching pinstriped vest? Oh, dearie me! What was this? Heinous. Okay, what was heinous. At least he came out. He came out on time this week. So. <laughs> that is true. Fair play to him. <laughs> Correct, he's getting better by the week. Yeah. I wonder if they were meant to come in like uh, the shark and Luger together. The shark <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> embarrassed. Lex just couldn't, couldn't. A guy with a massive great white on his, uh, <laughs> on his spandex didn't want to be seen next to this, uh, this, naughty, this naughty Bugsy Malone <laughs> pinstripe ensemble. Oh, I was total Bugsy Malone. Explain. <laughs> we'll explain the speed he got somehow. Uh, <laughs> With Lex at ringside, I missed a lot of what happened in this next bit, um, to be perfectly honest, because I was giggling at Lex's get-up. But as he assaults Macho on the outside, <laughs> you can hear the megaphone-affected sound of Jimmy Hart's evil laughter over the top, which salvaged this section for me. It was just... Oh, I, I love that for him. Shocking from Lex, though. I look pretty crap outside. It was nice of Hogan to, to come down and stop the Dungeon of Doom here and save his new best friend, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That was good of Hogan to do that. That's it. He was Silver Platter specialist was yeah. left eye and dry. You're dead the, the right. Dr- the drugs had kicked in, I think. <laughs> Again. <laughs> After a World War Three promo, we're met with generic East Asian intro music, which introduces Kensuke Sasaki, who I looked up wondering if Kensuke was either a typo or a people-can't-say-that-name-change-and-yep-his-actual-name-is-Kensuke. Sasaki's heading to the ring with a leather jacket adorned with orange and red flames and what I can only describe as tight-fitting Halloween board shorts. I was watching this, uh, Steve, and they, uh, I started to question if he'd cycled to the, uh, <laughs> the Jacksonville Memorial Centre. It was. Because <laughs> they were like, re- really, Cycle really shots. naughty cycling shorts, wasn't they? Oh, 100%. It was alarming. He had no cultural attaché either, did he? He <laughs> didn't. He had to figure no. everything out by himself. Yeah. Maybe that's why. His, maybe that's why his outfit was so. Was so yeah, possibly. Yeah. possibly. Exactly. He's been left to fend for himself, hasn't he? So, <laughs> where's Barry Orowitz when you need him? Oh man! Uh, out next, sporting his usual yellow tights with a star on the arse, it's Chris Benoit. He's in the ring sharpish, and after a second or two of a face-off, we're underway. Fast-paced Irish whippery to kick us off with a lovely clothesline and super-fast snap vertical suplex, followed by a pitch-perfect body slam from Sasaki. Looks good, this bloke. A two-count follows, and then we get what well, looks like a bit of a botch. Sasaki whips Benoit, and they both kind of just bounce into each other and stand still. But Sasaki's quick to react and bounces off the ropes again before delivering a clothesline that I think Benoit might have been expecting the first time round. Covered it very well, though, if it was. Some roughhousing follows, then a whip to the opposite corner that Benoit bounces out of and gives Sasaki the opportunity to land a really nice, fast bulldog. After mugging it to the crowd, Kensuke delivers another body slam that gets him another two count. A snapmare sets up a reverse chin lock, which doesn't stay applied too long. After Kensuke drops an elbow, he picks up Benoit and whips him into the ropes. Then, what could have been another slight botch as the running Benoit is met by a -a tilt-a-whirl, but goes all the way around, ends up on his feet for a split second, before he then feeds into a belly-to-back suplex, which he then very nicely reverses mid-air into a crossbody. I'm probably being a little bit harsh here with these kind of uh, of slight sort of missteps, but after being 
spoiled with the kind of, you know, the engine oil slick matches of Eddie and Benoit in previous weeks. These two are clearly not quite up to the kind of telepathic levels that those two have working together just yet. The crossbody gets a two count and the lads get back to it, with Benoit whipped again before being picked up into a full press um, and then is repositioned onto Sasaki's shoulder. And as he does so, he's nearly dropped. So he has to quite obviously, like, keep his own balance by using the arm he's using to post on Sasaki's abdomen to sort of steady himself. Doesn't look too bad, though. I'm being very, very nitpicky. Sorry, Jim, gimmick infringement. Benoit gets out of a jam by sliding off the back of Kensuke Sasaki and the two standing switch for a bit to see who will be able to execute the German suplex. It's Benoit who manages to do it, holding as he lands and then executing a second one on the man from Japan, which Bischoff on com says is the third German suplex. No, no, that's, 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 that was two, Eric. That was two, not three. <laughs> And then with Eric having slightly telegraphed the three suplex finish, Benoit then executes an absolutely cracking bridging full Nelson suplex for the win. Crowd were a big fan of that. Great finish this. Oh, lovely. lovely yeah, finish. I did enjoy this match. I thought it was really good. Like Sasaki too. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, impressed by Sasaki. Ditto. Bischoff keeps calling that finisher, by the way, a dragon suplex, which, you know, I thought that was a half Nelson suplex, but again, I'm being a bit nickpickery here. And he sends us out to the break, but then slips in that Benoit is the newest member of the Four Horsemen. I cracked up at this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, cracked up at it. On the way to a break, I, how's this happened? He doesn't say. How will this work with him <laughs> being a face and the other horsemen being heels? He doesn't say. Textbook WCW this, like just... just Total afterthought. Yeah. My only explanation here was that he was supposed to tell us last week <laughs> and then Penny's only just dropped now. <laughs> so he's just like trying to cover his tracks. Fudge it in as if we you all know. know. Yeah. He's, he's been like the king of delayed, you know, commentary, hasn't he? Oh, but, um, unbelievable. I thought Benoit got a good pop from the crowd as well, considering he's been like quite heelish over the last couple of... Uh, yeah, he has been very heelish. couple of episodes yeah. Yeah, of uh, yeah. Nitro. Yeah, he, he was doing. He was. He was very much over. Which again, how is this going to work with the with the horseman being here? I mean, you think they'd do something where they'd bring like you know, I don't know, they'd, they'd make an issue of this reveal, or wouldn't you? Wouldn't just go, oh yeah, by the way, he's in the horseman now, would you? Know what, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was it? What you didn't you'll never, know? You'll never <laughs> guess who's in the horseman. <laughs> it's Chris Benoit. I'm going to break. I can't wait to get back from this break. So they'll tell us no, nope, they've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, they didn't even clip anger it. Yeah, have <laughs> some interference or something from the uh, exactly. from the horse. Just well, what what a jackass! Well, next up after that swept under the carpet revelation is Eddie Guerrero versus Johnny B. Bad. Eddie doesn't get an entrance. He's already in the ring like a bloody jobber when we come back from the break. And Johnny B. Bad's terrible rip-off rock and roll theme hits. We learn that this match is for the TV title belt. Bad throws out a few frisbees into the crowd. Crackers. <laughs> we. C- it's because uh, Diamond Dallas Page has still got the uh, confetti cannon, hasn't yeah, which, which <laughs> comes tell us. Yeah, Mongo asks where it is, and Heenan reminds us that, well, Dallas has got that now. Did you, did you, not, did you not see, Mongo? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a dire backup, isn't it? A frisbee. It's, oh, it's just poor. It's really, really bad. Um, before we get underway, Bischoff starts the obligatory we have to talk about anything else when an Eddie Guerrero matches on by asking Bobby <laughs> about his deal with the Japanese businessman. We kick off with some side headlock takedowns by Bad and some super slick stuff from Eddie like we've come to expect. Acrobatic hammerlocks and rolling reversals galore. Before some quick-as-you-like rope running from Mr. Guerrero, which culminates in Bad executing a really nice tilt-a-whirl backbreaker on El Paso's finest. Only gets him a two-count, though, and then another tilt-a-whirl looks to be repeating the spot, but this time Eddie counters with a stunning head-scissors takedown. Just, See, what, yes. at this point here, can I just jump in for a second? At this point, uh, like, so very early on in this match, my uh, my mind started to wander a little bit. Um, <laughs> I was just I was just looking at um, Johnny B. Bad's trunks, 
and it got me thinking that uh, there's, there's going to be some points where I have to install a cat flap at ours for the uh, for the kitten because what is going on, on with the these back trunks? It's like he's got uh, yeah, it's got fl- flaps on on the front and back of these trunks. Like what is going on? What is going on here? Dead right, and that that is yeah. It's absolutely criminal. These trunks are up there with the worst. (laughs) What a joke. Sorry. That's another one you've ruined for us there, Liam. Fucking hell. Cat flap, Johnny B. Bad. Um. (laughs) I do need to get one of those, actually. It's a a timely reminder. reminder. It was a timely reminder from Johnny B. Bad. (laughs) Cheers. Oh, man. A single leg pickup from Eddie sends Bad down, and Eddie gets a one count, but then Bad on his knees tries the same manoeuvre to get Eddie off his feet, but Eddie deftly executes a standing jump to avoid Bad's sweeping arm. Lovely stuff. The lads stop and size each other up again, and a back elbow into the oncoming Eddie sends him to the mat, as Bad heads to the apron and lands a lovely slingshot leg drop, sold expertly by Eddie, and gets Bad a two count. The two grapple once more before Eddie leaps to the middle of the top rope and jumps off to perform a head scissors takedown on Bad. Beautiful stuff. This was then absolutely awesome. Guerrero sets Bad up for a superplex, but is thrown off by Bad, sending him to the canvas sort of front suplex style. And as he gets up to his feet, we get a huge diving sunset flip from Bad, way from the top of the top rope. He was in the air for ages and nailed it, slick as you like. Wow. Eddie reverses the pin that follows, then so does Bad, then so does Eddie. Some more cracking transitional stuff from these lads. Eddie sets up Bad for a belly-to-back suplex, but Bad grabs the rope so he doesn't move as Eddie throws. And then he dodges the resulting flying forearm from Eddie, who throws himself violently to the outside as he misses Bad. Bad follows up with a slingshot suicide senton, which flattens Guerrero outside. Bad then gets Guerrero back in the ring, but misses with a slingshot splash. Like, I'm struggling to keep pace here. He was like, move after move after move after move. Some lovely mat wrestling from Eddie before Bad responds to a two count with a powerful right hook that knocks Guerrero down for a bit as the ref admonishes Bad for the closed fist. This lights a fire in Eddie when he gets up and he grounds and pounds Johnny B. Bad, who responds in kind as the lads brawl and showcase that Eddie is much more in his locker than high-flying luchador athleticism. A side headlock from Bad is countered by Guerrero, who then lads a lovely slingshot sent on from the apron and the announcer tells us there are two minutes remaining in this ten-minute time limit match. I think I might know what the finish might be now. Eddie teases a tombstone, but Bad reverses it and delivers Taker's signature move to Guerrero, but it only gets tombstone? a two count. I know. What the hell? Johnny B. Bad tombstone. If he it, it, it didn't look like he protected Eddie's head much either. No, it, like, was, the, the angle we got, it, it did yeah. seem to be a bit, you know, a bit brutal, Close. to be honest. One minute to go. A big swinging DDT from Eddie plants bad. Heenan's convinced that'll do it. Good effort, Bobby, but as sure as eggs is eggs, this one's going to be a draw. 45 seconds left. Eddie goes for the cover. One, two, kick out. 30 seconds. Both lads run the ropes. Double crossbody knocking both men to the floor. Five, four, three, two, one. Time and the bell goes. Crowd dies. And then some booze. The lads keep brawling. Looks a bit like there's a bit of afters here. The ref stops him and says it's a draw. Then Bad is handed the belt as the announcer explains that he retains it because the title doesn't change hands on, on a, uh, as a result of a draw, obviously. And the crowd erupts. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were genuinely unsure as what had to happen now with the belt if, if there was a draw. And they're just happy yeah, to mean, see that Bad's kept it. They're probably just happy the Giants hasn't come in and taken it. <laughs> <haven't> so. Helped <laughs> himself to it. There's yeah. a lot of uncertainty with the, uh, the belts at the moment in WCW <laughs> so I can understand what was going on there. <laughs> Oh, and fair play to Bad, you are over at the moment, mate, and you know, hats off to you. 
the lads shake hands and hug it out because they're both faces, remember. And Bobby Heenan is correct when he says, what a match. Eddie holds Bad's arm aloft and puts the belt round his waist as we head back to the announce table, with the uh, ring still in the in view in the background. And we can hear boos from the crowd, and we're going, eh? And then we see, behind the comms team, Mean Gene, Taskmaster, Giant, and Jimmy Hart climbing at the ring behind them. That makes sense. Eric tells us that Hogan wants to wrestle Sting next week on Nitro. He didn't mention that in his Maid Marion promo earlier, which is bizarre, but okay. Um, He's not bothered about uh, <laughs> taking revenge for what happened to his, his new best mate, Macho. Either. His road brother? No, don't care about the brother of the road. Not no. Fucking awful. Or the fact that he lost the title. Or well. that. <laughs> yeah. Or that whole, that whole, you know, episode at, at Halloween Havoc that hasn't been mentioned either. No, it hasn't. Hulk Hogan. So yes, if Sting accepts, we're going to get Sting versus Hogan on Nitro next week, and I am glad Jim is doing Nitro next week. Into the ring, and Mean Gene kicks us off by telling Jimmy Hart he sold Hulk down the river, and that he perpetrated one of the worst scams he's ever seen in his career. Give over, Gene. You scammed everyone to thinking that massive egg had a Playboy bunny in it, so you can piss off rather than it was the gobbledygooker in the end you liar Jimmy responds by screaming that coming from Mean Gene that's one of the biggest compliments he's had in his entire life and you know let's not forget he was Hulk Hogan's best friend's confidant and belt holder for years so I absolutely believe him when he says that Jimmy says he did it to take the belt off Hogan and the only thing that bothers him is what to do with his over 200 Hulkamania jackets <laughs> I'd mean tears this brilliant he holds up one of said jackets with, with Hogan's gizzard on it it's <laughs> great, great idea. Kevin Sullivan then gives us one of his usual crap, boring, slow, monotonous promos about oh, World War Three. Giant does the same and does his daft laugh, and we'll move on. Why is Kevin Sullivan been given the task of marketing this week? This uh, pay per view, he's doing a better job than the actual company, isn't he? He came out in the Meng match and he was he was chirping about it being the biggest pay per view then. Ever. <laughs> no, yeah, like he's and got he's still skin in the game now. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. supposed to be like evil, are you? Yeah, if you got yeah, you get a payoff. If you got if you got a cut of the pie for you, Kevin. Because I thought the, the dungeon was all you cared about killing yeah, Hulkamania. Exactly. Now all of a sudden you're wanting people to shell her out their hard oh, earned to buy man. a pay per view. <laughs> Farcical. How weird was a bit where Sullivan and the giant. I think the giant was talking, and, and Sullivan kind of grabbed his hand and put his palm on the on the, on the giant's <laughs> yeah, hand, and then he made Jimmy Hart do the same, and Jimmy Hart was like, "Eh." And he just sort of shook his hand a bit. I know. Yeah, but he was doing like opposite hands, so the, the hands didn't like <laughs> didn't match. match they didn't go thumb to thumb sort of thing. They were the opposite way around. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. Oh, he did. What about the giant saying that he was going to be the uh, the champion forever? <laughs> <laughs> I've noted that. That's a claim. <laughs> it was game over for me after that. <laughs> Forever. After a break, we see Dean Malenko head down the gantry to his Final Fantasy VII mid-level boss music. Hulk Hogan's unfortunate opponent for next week is out next, and Sting's entrance music sends the crowd into raptures, especially when he arrives and then his pyro kicks off. We get underway with some grappling, going to have to go something to beat the last match here. After some rope running, Sting hits Malenko with a press slam and the two lads reassess before going at it again. Malenko decides he needs to get the bigger man off his vertical base, so cut blocks Sting's leg, stomps the knee and gets him onto the mat and applies a leg lock as we head to the break. Very clever, just what you'd do. Well done, Dean Malenko. Malenko avoided the scorpion deathlock during the commercial break, we find out when we return, and he's now replying another leg lock to the Stinger. A dropkick then follows the Sting's leg, looked nasty, really well executed, to get him down to the mat again. And Mongo says, Malenko's treating Sting like a red-headed stepchild. That's not okay, mate. That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, that's terrible. 
Mongo just got himself bumped to the bottom of all uh, adoption viable <laughs> parents. Yeah. I can't imagine he was particularly high up in any case. That no, no, case. Of course he yeah, he's not passing the safeguard in uh, assessment, <laughs> is he? It's no chance. <laughs> safeguard in Mongo. at the bottom with Fred West and all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, none of this is in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Malenko continues with the ground assault. We're up again. The stinger Irish whips the man of a thousand hold into the corner, then misses with a stinger splash. Looked great from the camera on the outside, though we hear Sting make the exact same noise that Hogan made earlier when we arrived, just four octaves higher as he slams into the turnbuckle. He does a sort of weird... As he does it. Have a listen, it's freaky. Malenko heads up top and delivers a lovely missile dropkick and then goes to apply the Texas Cloverleaf to Sting's now weakened legs. But Sting reverses it into a pin and steals one. He limps away in the corner with the ref holding his hand aloft. What the fuck was this? Wow. I really like this. I thought we could have made Malenko look a big deal, didn't it, in the sense that Sting has to, has to, has to rob yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I agree, though, yeah. I, I thought that as well. I like that, but we Sting got virtually zero offence in and made just, I thought, we can Sting quite a bit. I mean, I'm all for Malenko being, being built up because I thought he was superb, but I just thought... He, he didn't even. He, he didn't even. He didn't get the stinger splashing. Didn't get the scorpion death lock in. None of his moves connected. I just would have liked. I think he did one press slam as well. Yeah, quite, uh, yeah. quite a knife. <laughs> <It was>, yeah. <laughs> doesn't need. Doesn't need a shower after this one. Sting. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the break, we're back to the announce table. Eric tells us it's all hit the fan since Halloween Havoc. Since <laughs> who are you? Who are you kidding, Eric? I watched yeah. the fucking thing. <laughs> He plugs World War 3 again, but then asks what the deal is with Sting and Hogan. Mongo says some words as Pepe the dog makes a break for it, unfortunately without any joy. He <laughs> <laughs> did? You made a break for it? Oh yeah, no, it's class. So would I, if I was him. He starts lifting him up at one point. Yeah, it was like on his shoulder at one point, like he was a, an African grey parrot. For some reason, he decided that was the best place to put Pepe. And I was, uh, I was praying to the wrestling gods here just for Pepe to go toilet all over him. <laughs> Because it's, ju- it's just what he deserves. It, it, you know, like, what is he doing here with this dog? Just leave him alone. Like, the dog is clearly uncomfortable. He doesn't like what you're doing with him. He's just trying to scar for any opportunity, oh, Mongo. African grey parrot. The pillock. <laughs> yeah, why was it on his shoulder? Like, <laughs> oh, it's terrible. The whole thing. Super dog. Fucking ludicrous. Idiot. Eric asks Bobby, what's up with Sting? And he says, I don't know. And if I did, I'd tell you. Eric sarcastically agrees. He says, I'm sure you would. Then as Bischoff goes to throw it to Mean Gene, Bobby, who is clearly just having an absolute whale of a time here, pretends to start telling us, well, as a matter of fact, I will tell you before, well, now he's clearly out of time and too late, before Bischoff has to cut him off like a school teacher and he did giggles as we go along. I just really got me. Mean Gene is in the ring to ask Sting if he'll take Hogan on next week and also asks, what's going on with you at the moment, Sting? Stinger delivers another really poor promo <clears throat> and says that he's got nothing against you, Hogan. Well, what's the point of next week's match then? Then waffles a bit about how Hogan called him a little dog, but here he is, in actual fact, a big dog because this is where the big dogs play. He's got the line wrong there, hasn't he? That's not what the line is. The line, I mean, it's arguably better than the line that Bischoff keeps cracking out where the big boys play, but the, the, the line is definitely where the big boys play, not where the, where the big dogs play. I don't know what's going on with this promo. It's appalling. He made an error before that as well, didn't he? He said uh, something like, he never dreamed in his wildest dreams about something. <laughs> never dreamed in my wildest dreams. <laughs> so, you know, alarm bells are ringing for me there. Sting with really depressing, boring dreams. Just him having a dream about him having a dream. That's, that's having a wilder dream. Having a slightly, <laughs> slightly more, yeah. 
Oh. Me having that dream, that looks exciting. Oh, absolutely awful. Anyway, after some more cobblers, Sting agrees to fight Hulk Hogan next week and reminds him that he's the big dog again. Just leave it, Sting. This got me when he said about the big dog thing. One of the first things he said was, I can let it slide when he calls me, when he said I was a little dog barking <laughs> on the porch. And then he built the whole promo around it. Around, clearly not let it slide. <laughs> yeah. Still sticking his craw. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered yeah, by I'm it. You slide, have you seen? <laughs> You are Sting. Yeah. You are bothered. You tell everyone you're a big dog now. <laughs> he can call me a little dog all he wants. It doesn't bother me. I, but, I, though, by the way, I'm a big dog, just so everybody knows. As long as I know that I'm a big dog, that's all that matters. And the world does now. By the way, I'm a big dog. See you later, folks. <laughs> that was how he ended it. It was appalling. Absolutely oh, appalling. Gene sends us back to comms and calls Heenan a con man, as he does. Which got me. And you can see Heenan trying not to laugh. Going brilliant. Eric sends us out flatly saying Hogan has questions that need answering next week. It's all about fucking Hogan. And Bobby saves it by saying Hogan is lost at the moment. That makes more sense. You're dead right, Bobby lad. And we are out. So that was the November 13th edition of WCW Monday Nitro. And now to see what we thought of it. Liam, what were your Nitro ratings builders? Okay, so my Nitro builders this week at number one, I'm going to go for good booking. So, <laughs> oh, well, Nitro. <laughs> Yikes. We, uh, we, got a d- we got a decent set of matches. Uh, uh, promos aside, let's not like, we'll, I mean, they're in a different, you know, ballpark, the promos. <laughs> But the uh, the matches, if you look for your wrestlers involved, Meng, yeah. Macho Man, yeah. uh, Eddie Guerrero, even Johnny B. Bad, mm-hmm. Sting, mm-hmm. Dean Malenko, I thought wrestlers that have been impressing me quite uh, on a regular basis. Um, so it was good to see, you know, no jobbers this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And even even when the, the, the matches were short in length, you know, it still still had a nice storyline to them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So well done to Nitro this week. Tip of the cap. Yeah, to agreed. The, um, Builder number two, I'm going to go for the TV title match, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Johnny B. Bad. Nice. Um, week, uh, week by week, I'm, I'm praising uh, Eddie Guerrero, but I think Johnny B. Bad did keep up with him. He did match him. I thought the uh, the tempo of the match was fantastic. I think you, you said it um, when you was covering the match, day in terms of the intensity, and it was move mm. after move after mm-hmm. move, you know. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I was I was thoroughly entertained all the way through. The crowd was, was popping. Oh, I loved it. Um, I loved it. And I did like seeing the um, like the, the the brawling side of Eddie as well. Yeah, as a, as a different side to it as well. And um, on one of the previous pods, I did say that I would like to see uh, Eddie get a push towards one of the titles. Obviously, yeah. you know, I don't think he's ready for the main title, or he ever will be, maybe. But the the TV title and the, or, or the US title, I think he is more than capable of holding oh, that belt. And 100%. it was good to see. You know, I think this leaves it open as well for maybe a rematch because yeah, you know, I'd love it, it was a great match. I did like it. Yeah, superb. Um, and then building number three, I'm going to go for Kensuke Susaki. Nice. So on debut, uh, I thought he did really well. I think we've, we've seen some hideous uh, <laughs> Nitro debuts over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and this was a breath of fresh air from, uh, from Susaki. Um, although he did look like he'd, uh, he'd come straight from the velodrome. Um, I think he demonstrated <laughs> how powerful a wrestler he is. Um, yeah, and I, I would really enjoy seeing him again. So hopefully we do get you know, more of Susaki. Really impressed this week with him. Lovely stuff. Jim, give us your Nitro ratings builders. 
that's that will build number one because where else would you begin? And uh, <laughs> some more uh, fantastic in-ring action served up by wrestlers we're supposed to care about. Yeah. So yeah, Nitro seemed to be way ahead of the competition in this front in terms of actually getting good wrestling matches out there, which is good to see. Uh, Building number two is the Guerrero v Johnny B bad match for the TV title. Yeah, thought it was really good. As, as again, as, as both of you have said, it's a lot of detail, uh, lots of good spots. Bad doing the tombstone. What the hell on earth was that? Um, <laughs> enjoyed seeing Guerrero getting such a push as well that they put him yeah. in uh, in a title match and, and and they didn't beat him. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And Definitely. Building number three, similar similar note actually. Uh, the rub that Al Di Malenko's getting in there with Sting and Sting having to, as I said earlier, Sting having to steal one to get the victory and Malenko really running him close and stuff. I thought that was a a good uh, reflects well on on Al Di Malenko, doesn't it? So it certainly um, does. Yeah, I like I like that as well. Brilliant stuff. Uh, my build number one, Johnny B. Bad. Credit where it is due. Shit gimmick. Weird look. <laughs> Cat flaps included. Um, but he absolutely held his own against Eddie Guerrero this week, and I don't think he can get much higher praise than, than being able to say that. Um, that was very good. And he also managed to you know allow Eddie to showcase something different, so I think he genuinely contributed to Eddie's build whilst looking even better himself. Fantastic stuff. Love the match. Dead exciting. More of that, please. And as you say, Liam, I think we might get some more of that, which is brilliant stuff. Build number two. Decent match lengths for decent matches. There was a lovely lack of replays, cutaways, recaps, precaps here. So we got to really get into the matches and get drawn into the story and brought along with them. You know, Sasaki Benoit and uh, Eddie Bad in particular were just were just spot on. So thank you, WCW, for letting us see some good matches of decent lengths. And builder number three, chicken shit heel Jimmy Hart. The character could not have worked less for me as a face. I hated it, didn't want to see him, felt decades out of date. But as a heel, I think he's perfect. The megaphone shithouse bullying from distance was incredible. Like, that, that was just, that got me straight away. Like, imagine seeing that live. How funny would that be? You know, you, you don't have any comms. You, you just hear Jimmy Hart going, You're shit, Macho. Give up now. And you're like, that's incredible. Right? It's brilliant. It works He's so well. He's one of the best of the programme. Yeah, it's yeah, great. It's, it's Genuinely, a genuine ratings biller. I'm looking forward to see where he goes with it. Liam, give us your Monday Nitro ratings killers. The top of my killers board without doubt, is the Hulk Hogan promo. So, <laughs> last week, Jim, you mentioned that the, the bar had been lowered to that of a snake's ball bag. <laughs> I, I, think we went, I think we went to that level this week. <laughs> I, think, I think this is as bad as the Yeti sketch. <laughs> it was terrible. I don't know how this has been given the green light for production at all. Um <laughs> From start to finish, as I've mentioned, it was just rambling on for the sake of it. Um, just uh, yeah, just utter dogder. That, that's that's the perfect way to just summarise it. It was utter dogder. Um, he was in this medieval backdrop. He had a, a really large sword. He had um, you know Crayola all over his all over his jaw. The mask. It was just one thing after the other. And it just snowballed into this massive feces on my screen. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was shambolic. It was so bad. It was so bad. So that that, that is undoubtedly at the top of my killer's board. <laughs> killer number two. I'm going to go for the fourth horseman reveal. I think this was yeah. this was criminal by uh, Nitro to not to not big this up because 
we've mentioned how 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 much uh, how much flack from the crowd that the, you know Fleur and Arne are gathering. Yeah. Um, Benoit's looked really impressive, like in the ring. I think it was you know, obviously a good opportunity to to raise his profile even further, and to just casually drop it in just before you cut into a break was absolute shoddy work from the boys on Nitro this week. Um, they need to hang their heads in shame. I think they missed a golden opportunity. Here. Totally agree. And if it has been revealed on another show because that's the only thing I could think, that it's happened somewhere else. But if it has, we didn't get a recap or an explanation here at all. Yeah. And that's, It'd still that's be big criminal. news, wouldn't it? Exactly. Show us what happened. You know, with yeah. the amount of stuff we've had from the Saturday night show, you can show us this. Like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. You made reference to it straight away. Yeah, it, it, it was appalling. Yeah, um, agreed. Terrible. Uh, so that's number two for me. Um, and then number three, I'm going to go Kevin Sullivan. Uh, he's on his last legs here, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> The cat, the cat, the cat be long left here. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to come out with a shotgun, you know, take him into the backfield. <laughs> and with his get up, he is old yeller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully waiting on Mean Gene to take him into the backfield. Um, he, he's <laughs> his dulcet tones are just, just tedious. His marketing of this pay-per-view when he's this evil character was, you know, I don't know what was going on. Um, and then he's rambling on. He mentioned something about his career has been built around like ending Hulkamania. I mean, that's the wrong reason to get into wrestling, I think, <laughs> Kev. You might want to look at a career change there, Kevin. Um, Too late yeah, now. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he's still not achieved it either. <laughs> This week, uh, him in particular, uh, was, was, was terrible. So, yeah, Kevin Sullivan is my killer number three. Superb. Uh, Jim, over to you. What were your Nitro ratings killers? Again, we've got a bit of crossover uh, between Liam and I. Uh, killer number one is the lack of build for anything. I, I've said something similar before in me killers, but the lack of, of, of excitement, of build, of, of any hype that doesn't involve Hulk Hogan. If Hulk yeah. Hogan's not involved... We do not give a shit. So, namely, yeah. obviously, the, the, the most egregious example of that this week being Benoit's horseman fucking reveal. Yeah. Which could not have been more nonchalant. Like I say, like, basically, Liam said, I'm not asking for a full blown fucking, you know, a full blown yeah. parade with a 15 minute promo spot and a full video package. But just, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just a little bit of an explanation would have been all right, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be a passing thought, should it? <laughs> exactly, no. yeah, exactly. All right, killer number two. I'm sick. I am sick to the back teeth of seeing interviews with the Giants. Yeah, Every so fucking week, interview with Giant and Old Yeller, which is now forever going to be known. Again, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think, Liam, you mentioned this last week as well, but uh, so what's the point of having this absolute fucking bear moth, yeah. this, yeah. this human colossus? Yeah. If all you're ever going to do is, is get him to do is... I'm a giant impression yeah. in another screen. He'll be champion yeah. forever. Play to, his, play to his strengths. He's got Excuse plenty. Excuse me, forever is what you Play to his strengths. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we, haven't, we, we haven't seen him wrestle, have we? And we, we don't want to hear him on the mic anymore. So <laughs> exactly. We're, we're we never did. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got to do something different. It's criminal. Oh, and uh, killer number three is, is, is the end. The end to the finish to uh, Macho Man V Meng. So yeah. like, um, mm-hmm. again, by and large, I really like the wrestling on this this particular program, but um, I didn't get why 
with Meng has got two as if Meng needs any assistance anyway he's one of the best guys there but <laughs> yeah. Meng having two of two helpers, managers yeah. two managers out there interfering at will yeah. he yeah. still gets beat clean yeah. and then despite him getting beat clean they came down and they had the Mako shark fucking out broke the land speed record and <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Luger the shark had to play his parachute on the way to the ring <laughs> <laughs> And the lads come down and kick the shit out of him at the end anyway so I mean if they're going to get a match or get beaten up at the end why didn't they just fucking get men disqualified oh it's yeah. I don't know yeah. it, didn't, it just it seemed really silly to beat him like that and then especially when he's got the helpers there with him but yeah yeah that was that was for me it had to make it on the killers list so my WCW Monday Nitro ratings killers killer number one the Hogan promo this still isn't a new side to Hulk right I can't hack the, I'm going to be a bit hoarse and breathy and make a weird noise to start with and then just deliver my usual promo in my usual promo style. That doesn't classify as a new character. Even if you're wearing (laughs) stupid stuff, like it's not a new character, it's not a new side of Hogan, stop it. He he thinks if he can... uh... If you can get the training, the pros and the vi- the, the vitamins in in a hoarse voice, <laughs> then, then that's good enough. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. ludicrous. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Killer number two, the Hogan promo. What was this shit set and even worse costume about? Right? What was he supposed to be? So where was he supposed to be? Right? Was he supposed to be in the dungeon? He was chilling with a homeless man at Muscle Beach last week, right? And now he looks like he's been locked in one of the fucking Crystal Maze medieval zone rooms for about a decade. <laughs> why, why is he here? Is he in the is he in the Dungeon of Doom's dungeon? Is that it? Because why is he not, like, laying charges and something? Why is he not taking them out? And where are they? Like, if he knows where it is, why is he, why is he hanging out there? And why has he brought a film crew in? Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And killer number three, the Hogan promo. Why did it have these crackers making him look daft botches in it, right? Surely this was pre-recorded. So why have you not reshot it so he doesn't tell macho man Randy Savage to moose fast? It's, it's criminal. It's unforgivable. It's the worst thing I've seen on anything we've seen to date. And just like you, Liam, I include the Yeti in that. Yeah. Shocking. Awful. So it only took him a week. We said last week, I don't think we'll ever get worse than the Yeti. It took him one week. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now over to find out what happened on Vince McMahon's Raw on Monday the 13th of November 1995. Jim, take us through it. Uh, so the man himself, uh, he, he, he kicks off with a bit of story time as Raw's uh, <laughs> lead announcer gives the skinny on Razor Ramon and the one two three kid and apparently, apparently they've fallen out and I was just, not again. Please no, not again. <laughs> but we do not have time to dwell on these on these thoughts because something truly insane happens almost instantly seconds <laughs> into the program we get Vince yeah. he says that because Kid and Razor have had cross words all of which occurred on the uh, the World Tour de Force by the way <laughs> wonder what part of the world they're in when, <laughs> yeah. when things went south I feel confident <laughs> enough to hazard a guess <laughs> in, uh, in, in light of this, these developments uh, interim WWF President Gorilla Monsoon has had second thoughts about the kid's impartiality as special guest referee in tonight's Intercontinental title match. Once again, showing Gorilla Monsoon to be the to be an absolute idiot. The fact he didn't consider this in the first place, and now... Well, exactly, exactly. But as a result of this, 
as a result, Grillo Monsoon, you must have seen a bit of sense because he's going to take the kid out of the match and he's going to just, he's going to let one of the qualified refs, he's got loads there, he's yeah. going to get one of the qualified refs, you come along and take it, you take charge because we can't have the kid in there, he's not, he's not, he's, he's not going to be impartial. Fantastic. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Fantastic. Much positive. better that yeah. Sold. Perfect Happy. Sense. Well, you're, it's not what he did. It's not what he did at all. <laughs> Grillo Monsoon, what he's actually done, he, he, he said the match is going to go ahead as planned, kid's going to be arrested, <laughs> despite just questioning his ability to call it down the middle. <laughs> And there's going to be no title on the line anymore. I he mean, just took the title stipulation off the line. Who wants to see this, right? Who I'd be fucking livid. If, if, if I was Sid here, I'd be absolutely banging on <laughs> Monsoon's door. Oh, I don't even say anything. <laughs> so like, when, when Kid and Razor were friends, it, it didn't matter that you might display bias towards Razor at the expense of Sid. That was fine. So and then, fucking... I think, I think you mentioned it last week's day how predictable all this would be where kids inevitably cost Razor in some fucking mishap yeah, they've made it even more obvious now what's going to happen they might as well just fucking tell us the result there yep. and then mightn't they telegraphed it yeah, yeah. Ma- yeah. might as well have an Eric Bischoff on comms there giving us the finish yeah. <laughs> I said the might as well fucking this, it, was, it was made a week ago this match just a week it's not like it's been in the making for six no. months so <laughs> no, why no, bother no. I know well we can't possibly let everyone down now we've been exactly. building this up for almost seven days it's fucking outrageous. Why well, bother having that stipulation of the title in there at all? And then, are we going to hear from Sid? Because, like you said, Liam, Sid must be fucking livid here. Oh, Sid must yeah. be boiling. I wouldn't be happy here. I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go down to the ring. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, what's the point? Why, why, go, why, go, on, why go on risk injury? Yeah, dead right. It's absolutely abs- absurd. Had his title opportunity revoked, no fault of his own. And it wasn't like he was there asking, demanding the kid be placed. I mean, he should have been if he had anything about it, <laughs> yeah. but you know, he didn't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was happy to go ahead with he it. He was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is easily the most irate I've been at any introductory segment we've had so far. From there, we get quicken it out with the titles, putting that 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 unsavoury episode behind us. We've got, <laughs> we've got Hunter Hearst Helmsley's entering the ring as we return from the titles. At this point, King calls out quite rightly. He calls out Monsoon's moronic decision yeah, to have the right. kid as a special guest referee yeah. in the main event. Well, and it isn't King. fair to Sid. It isn't. Spot on, it King. Isn't. Yeah. Spot on King. I mean, we all know what a moron one, two, three kid is, and we're all thinking, well, it's actually really unfair to Razor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from that, we get Godwin's music hits. Crowd like it. it. Says Godwin walks down the gangway. He's carrying his bucket of pig feed. I'm not doing it this week. You can all sod off. I, I made a note here, like. <laughs> You, you, you've you've nailed this down to a T. That 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 that, that oh, thank intro. Thank you very much. Once that banjo is plucked, <laughs> you, you absolutely hit, hit I mean, top form with that last week. It's a surprise, you Liam. I'm not known for my impressions, but apparently the one thing I can do is Henry Godwin's intro. A <laughs> word perfect. Yeah, Henry Godwin's intro. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Steve. Unfortunately, it's only you two that that are aware of Henry or Godwin. So. <laughs> So you mentioned the O in his name here. This is what I was getting at. I, said, I realised the O as it's come up on the, the thing in the... It's come up on the, the oh, graphic. Oh, please tell me you didn't get this before. That's fantastic. No, no, I didn't. No. <laughs> I love that. I, I can, I've realised the O had nothing, had nothing to do with his uh, supposed Irish heritage. But it was to... <laughs> it was simply to create the word hog out of his initials. <laughs> and uh, it's worked out, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. He's an Irish heritage. Excellent. Um, We get a recap then, of course we do, of last week where Godwin gets ambushed by the future game after his victory and he's ultimately slopped by his own pig swill in the ultimate, the ultimate humiliation. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Godwin surely, with that in mind, is going to be boiling a revenge. The dish best served cold is going to be served up surely by Henry or Godwin. (laughs) 
As he approaches the ring, Triple H antagonizes him further by squirting some perfume at him, giving him the old, <laughs> he loved uh, this. Yeah, it's great. The old cologne. I love it. I've I've got a question for for you two at this point, uh, mid uh, hog farmer entrance. Go on. Did you clock the crowd noise here? Anyone no. find this surprising? Yeah, I know. Because the crowd are kicking off. Uh, in the audio sense, you can hear a very, very animated crowd who are really up for Henry or Godwin, which I was a bit surprised at. What, where, where are we again? Uh, good question. Where are we, Jim? We're in Brandon, Manitoba, Canada, again. No, we're not again. again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Jesus. I made a note at the very top of the thing. Yeah. Oh, so they've seen fucking Dog Farmer 15 times. Right, well, okay, well, that plays into my point even more because... Well, the the well, the crowd noise was absolutely in Godwin's, you know, seemingly you know thrilled to see Godwin here, and then we get a wide shot showing more of the crowd, and the rapturous noise that is being pumped into my ears, in no way relates to the static borders fuck crowd. They're putting fake noise in, and I was like, hang on a minute, that can't be replay. Turn the volume up. And lo and behold, it is an audio loop of a, a sound that they have really? jacked up. To shenanigans. Make, sh, audio shenanigans to make it sound like the crowd are really into this. And I was flabbergasted and disappointed. I cannot believe Vince McMahon, famous for being always honest and truthful, has decided to try and boost his promotion. But sorry, yeah, this, this, this really, really hit me. I was gutted. Uh, Godwin then tries to enter the ring, but Triple H takes some action to prevent that happening. He boots him off the apron as he's climbing between the ropes, and then, then he hits Godwin with a baseball slide before ramming the hog farmer into the steps. Nice. Uh, Helmsley re-enters the ring and does his, uh, his curtsy taunt thing before then spraying more perfume at Godwin. <laughs> Did you hear King at this point say, spray some over here on McMahon? <laughs> 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 Loved it. Uh, Godwin then climbs the steps with swill bucket in hand. Yeah. Vince interjects to tell us to remind us that if Godwin brings the bucket into the ring, it's going to be an automatic DQ. That's not the rule. No, no, I don't think it is. I don't think it's written anywhere in any wrestling rules. Any any swill buckets <laughs> come into the ring, it is ring that bell straight away. I don't think that's in there. <laughs> I'm also losing my mind again about inconsistencies because I'm wondering... How come Triple H can bring the perfume bottle in? <laughs> exactly. Why is he allowed yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, Godwin, he's, he's, he's crafty Godwin's clearly read the wrestling rule book and he's developed this workaround. <laughs> he, he's found a loophole. <laughs> so instead of bringing the bucket into the ring, he pours the contents all over himself. Jesus. He drowns himself in slop. Vince calls this unbelievable, and I'm inclined to agree. It is, Vince. This is unbelievable. Finally, Vince. He told the truth. <laughs> oh, my. This is fucking unbelievable. Uh, the Hogman, head to toe, dripping, dripping in slop at this point. He, uh, he walks towards Triple H, who wants nothing to do with him. He wants nothing to do with this kamikaze self-swiller, and he <laughs> he runs. He hightails out of there. Are we going to... Cartoon comedy bump that I really like from Triple oh, H. Oh, it's so silly. He's running around the ring and he, and he slips. He does the kind of wily coyote. Legs are still moving as he's going. And yeah. <laughs> Horizontal mid-air. mid-air. Yeah, all yeah. the limbs going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His legs are going that fast. It's just like a circle. Yeah. 
yeah. Roadrunner. Top notch. <laughs> yeah, top notch from uh, from Triple H. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should want an Acme Anvil shy of a <laughs> yeah. Looney Tunes sketch, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The ref who's there, he's trying to stop the encroaching Godwin to uh, for his, uh, preventing his attack on, on the game. And the ref then goes down too, funny. And then uh, <laughs> I like that. The, the Hogman passes the stricken ref and, and he follows Triple H, <laughs> who is slipping and sliding and staggering all his way to the back. Lovely. And what is then gearing up to be a real red letter hour for children's entertainment? We then get a plug for the Karate Fighters toy. <laughs> Yeah, get in. Which sponsors Slam Jam. Doc's back. He's back in his regular box this week. And he's got some new cardboard cutouts behind him. You see these? I did. Yeah, I did, yeah. Diesel and Taker. Yeah. Some more stuff to shill. They're <laughs> alongside uh, HBK and Bret Hart in the now growing wow. roster of uh, cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Which either means the Bret and HBK ones sold really well or didn't sell at all. That's all, that's all I can guess. <laughs> they've either expanded the line or they've had to take drastic action. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're, Doc's not selling those this week. Instead, he's, he's plugging Survivor Series, which is now less than one week away. Perhaps we'll hear from Lost Liam, our PPV reporter, tells in about that next week. Survivor but, Series special, here we come. Um, so anyway, Doc talks about Diesel and Brett, their no-DQ match. He says he thinks Diesel is going to win. He tells us he's looking forward to the face-to-face interview between the duo later. Remember that description, gentlemen. A face-to-face interview. Yeah, logged. Understood. <laughs> Waiting for it. Did you, did you notice the, uh, the the large picture of Doc in the background this week? Yeah, I it's, did. It's, I was it's looking out the for cu- it. It's between the cutouts, isn't it? It's in yeah, it's massive, isn't it? It's huge. <laughs> what face he's big. pulling. Yeah. So I mean, he's really, really pleased with something. That's it. He's a cross between jubilation and a grimace. It's, it's incredible <laughs> how they captured it. <laughs> Doc then finishes up and Vince tells us about Ahmed Johnson body slamming Yokozuna says we're going to see him in action soon exciting Good exciting stuff. stuff can't wait and then we quickly cut to two small screens that are showing footage from what is very clearly two different locations there's not going to be a face to face interview occurring from those two locations because they are clearly not face to face 100% but having said that inside one of them is Big Daddy Cool Diesel inside the other is Brett the Hitman Heart so I can only assume that's their changing rooms. We've got a live feed <laughs> in their changing rooms before the big face-to-face interview. Certainly looks like it. Yeah, got to be. Going on explanation. What else could it be? Exactly. Uh, anyway, from there, we get a HBK promo. I hate oh. HBK promos. I hate him. He's nowhere near in the same league. If Hulk Hogan wasn't, it didn't exist. These would be the worst things going. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I agree. Yeah, this HBK promo, uh, Shawn Michaels passed away because... <laughs> I, I definitely got that feel from this. Like loads of shots, loads of shots of like black and white in black in and white memorial. shots. Like really, really sad music in the background. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I was thinking I've I've missed something here. He's, he's, he's died. Like yeah. it, was, it was the only reason like, this would be on. <laughs> oh, he's dire. Another good, uh, another good line from the HBK pro and I'm sure you've all heard the, the, the classic Chinese proverb before I don't think being big makes you good I think being good makes you good <laughs> it's absolutely prophetic poetic and prophetic it was really good wasn't it oh, <laughs> being good dear. makes you good oh, he's horrific I it's hate bad, him. it really and from that steaming steaming pile <laughs> we get Ahmed Johnston's entrance here he comes yeah uh, Jake Steele is the adversary how many fucking jobbers? Oh, how many fucking jobbers did they use? Another one to the list. <laughs> it's crazy. Fuck, no sign of Donk the Clown yet. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh, fucking Jake Steely, we go. So Steely's in the ring. 
the crowd seem a bit excited by the, the arrival of the enormous Ahmed Johnson but then I don't know now you've told me that Steve do they seem excited have I been duped this by the it, crowd see, noise? yeah this is it now I'm sorry sorry to break it here we'll all be uh, I've uh, what we can now safely assume uh, we can call as I've Shreked it and from now on you'll not be able to hear a happy crowd ever again I'll not be able to trust them ever I won't be able to believe anything <laughs> no, I hear this is it we're watching Raw <laughs> um, well in the match itself is a pretty quick one we're over a couple of minutes uh, Steel Jake Steele, he's a big lad himself. He is, yeah. He's a fair size. He refuses the, the early handshake from Johnson. <laughs> which, which seems cavalier at best, doesn't it? <laughs> right, it seems not as cavalier as hitting him with a few cheap shots afterwards <laughs> yeah. as well. But um, thankfully, Johnson, no, no, no effect on uh, on Mr. Johnson, who, who uh, yeah, he then just proceeds to flatten Steele time and time again yeah. with a few elbows, clotheslines, whatever else. We could have waited a pre-recorded message from HBK. Oh, fuck off, HBK. Didn't he um, again? <laughs> forget, did he forget about the promo he did like two <laughs> minutes ago? We just had stick, stick it on the end of that. Before Shawn Michaels passed away, he left us this message. <laughs> 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 um, they just can't leave these job matches alone can there's always got to be some kind of fucking distraction going on in them yeah this is it I know, I know. Um, but I just suggest that no no one gives a shit about this clearly for the material so why did they put so much of it on which which then begs the question as you say like if, you, if you're going to do a if the, if the whole point of a squash match is enhancement of the big lad well stop distracting from us let us watch the big yeah. lad squash him if that's the crack like, what, are you, what are you doing yeah definitely I agree it's Crazy. just it's just pitiful. But uh, anyway, thankfully, like you say, it's not a very long match. We get a massive spine buster from Johnson on steel. He celebrates by doing some kind of suggestive tongue thing, which is a bit naughty. Didn't need to sexualise the spine buster. But... <laughs> <laughs> Could have gone without laughing. Anyway, for, following the massive spine buster, Johnson, not long after, he hits, his, he hits a tiger moment, which is finished, oh, apparently. Lovely. lovely. Love this. And one, two, three. Thanks for coming, Jake Steele. That's over. I remember, like, this was when I was like, prop- like properly getting into it as a as a youngster, uh, <laughs> and that 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 is the uh, the Pearl River Plunge that that becomes his uh, yes. his finisher, and it is smooth. It, it looked oh. really good on the eye, didn't it? Caught in midair, and for such a big bloke to pick him up, spin him, catch him midair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Like he's clearly a you know very powerful bloke, and this was yeah, this was a lovely finish. Lovely finish. It was indeed. It was indeed. Uh, we get a. A quick interview with Vince afterwards. Vince and Ahmed Johnson. Uh, Johnson shouts some kind of threats towards the heels on the Survivor Series team. And really uh, from that... Decipherable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, not so much <laughs> to be said there. Yeah. So on we shall move. From there we get a calendar plug. We've got <laughs> oh, a calendar. New year, new calendar. Uh, elected by the good people of merchandise to sit in the mayor's <laughs> office. <laughs> <laughs> and oversee all of the town's legislative affairs. <laughs> Uh, Barry Dijinsky continues his job <laughs> moonlighting as a WWF product salesman. <laughs> he is shilling the 1996 WWF calendar for us. He's got all the wrestlers in, all your favourites, your Diesels, your Undertakers. It's worse than the Pogs, uh, this. Uh, well, uh, well, because it had the picture of Diesel on the front, I was I thought it was a missing person post. <laughs> <laughs> so when he cuts through and he's just holding it, I was like, have you seen this this wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you can so uh, if you buy the calendar, you'll be able to impersonate this wrestler, pretend uh, he's turned up, wouldn't you? Mike Weaver claimed the reward. Oh, uh, got Jesus. some black fingerless, fingerless gloves and some sunglasses to go with this calendar that look look atrocious. But at least answered the question that I was sitting there going, "Why the hell is the elected mayor of merchandise 
wearing fingerless pleather gloves. Like, what is it with pleather? Have they got like a pleather fucking warehouse <laughs> that they're trying to fucking shit? Has <laughs> Vince bought it and like come hell or high water, they are selling it? They've got a contract. They've got a contract, and yeah, they've got, they've got to fucking fulfil. It's criminal. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. It is. It's just. It's just fucking pony in it every week. The same lowering filth every week. <laughs> yeah. From that brief interjection from uh, Barry, Vince shows us a quick recap of Diesel and Bret Hart's dust up at the previous In Your House event, and tells us the face-to-face interview. It's round. It's just around the corner. Here it comes. <laughs> I'm just going to cut on the chase here. Oh, man. This went on for ages. I timed it. I timed it. Eight minutes. Oh, my God. And 32 seconds. Bloody hell. That's that's atrocious. You can't do that, can you? It was horrific. This is the toughest thing I've sat through. Like, for all the shit with Hogan and Yeti and all the rat crap, it was yeah. at least kind you couldn't of even, like, yeah, you couldn't even laugh at no, this. No, there was nothing. This no, was, this was just anything. absolute, no. like a fucking black hole of television. This it was. It was yeah. dull. It went forever. And most importantly, they weren't fucking face to face. No, they were. I thought for all the world, they're going to be in the ring. My my vision yeah. is a face to yeah. face interview. It's going to be with them two in the ring, somewhere with a microphone in between yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. not in different rooms. Nah. They were basically going to Zoom call. Now Bret Hart in, in <laughs> one. But yeah, exactly. Bret Hart looking like he's in a kind of leisure centre with like a pot plant behind him and something like a 90s leisure. I went for like Mr. Britass to fucking pop around the corner where he is. And then Diesel in some kind of like dark room with like a sort of, what do you have, like a puffy jacket on. Um, just doing, answering Vince's really dull questions, both in really dull ways. Like mm-hmm. this, this made me less likely to watch this match rather than more by a factor of about a hundred. Well, well, Vince opens by calling Diesel Big D, like he's uh, <laughs> like he's big. He, he's like really good friends with with Diesel. So, you know, I mean, I, I mentioned it last week how flirtatious he gets with HBK, and and when he said that, I was like dreading this going down the uh, the same way. But I mean, I had to pick uh, Diesel at one point. He's he's mentioning he's going through like the list of wrestlers that he's fought, and I was just thinking, when was the last time you actually fucking fought on Raw? Because <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen you for, for like four weeks now. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. it's just like, how about getting back on the show? I know. I know. And doing a bit of work, Diesel. Yeah. How about it? <laughs> Let's crack on. This is fucking rubbish. Let's be one of the karate fighters saying, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's Vince V. King. Yes. <laughs> Been looking forward to this all week. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, and it didn't goes. disappoint. It was great. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, Vince V. King should have done this on pay-per-view. I'm thinking, Vince, we were some speculation last week. It was going to be Thunderfoot. It was Vince. Vince has got Thunderfoot. The coveted, <laughs> the coveted, coveted Thunderfoot. Of course he did. Pulled rank. King Skullcrusher. Yeah. Uh, the bout begins. There's some wild swinging both competitors. <laughs> a lot of button bashing going on. Not a lot of strategy, I thought. <laughs> uh, uh, and Lawler, Lawler gets the victory after a bit of back and forth when Skullcrusher dumps Thunderfoot onto his arse. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, a bit of a surprise. Thunderfoot is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a dab hand. Yeah. As far as karate fighters Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Um, we didn't get a bit of a boat. Boat. Wait, though, wait. We did <gasps> a bit of an inquest. What? So much going on. So much going Stewart's on. inquiry. There is, there is. <laughs> Good job there's a ref there. <laughs> <laughs> the action replay of uh, of of the action. Sorry, the action replay of the action. What else would you have the action replay? Of? Uh, <laughs> you certainly wouldn't. That fucking interview with Diesel. And yeah, Brand. that would have been a, a, a no action replay. Yeah, I covered that one quite well. And then uh, we get on the post match inquest. It's discovered 
that the underhanded, the duplicitous king, much like Vince pumping in sound uh, sound to the arena. Liam, you called it last week. You called king it. King has taped Skullcrusher's foot to the stands. Just skullduggery of the of the of the the, the lowest level. Basically. Really is. If he's if he's besmirched the good name of karate fighters, what 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 else is there? What else is there in the world? Yeah. So as far as uh, as far as sporting controversies go, I have to say. Um, Skullcrush's victory over Thunderfoot ranks up there alongside, you know, your Hand of Gods and your, your Lance Armstrong doping <laughs> and all these kind of great, <laughs> great controversies. That's right up there for me. Now, oh, massively. Yeah, yeah. This is how I was, I was, it brought the integrity of the sport. I almost turned it off, frankly. Mm. I almost did. Yeah, it's going to surely go down on him for me. We'll be hearing about this for years, I oh, would yeah. imagine. Mostly from um, me, but yes, yes, you will. <laughs> uh, Vince then uses this. This blatant cheating from King is a segue into promoting The Undertaker's return. Oh, ruined it. At Survivor Series. Ruined it. <laughs> it was so they bad. Cheapened, cheapened this great moment. really did. Somewhat. really did. And from that, we're back into the arena. And we've got King Mabel. <clears throat> Who's King Mabel going up against? He's going up against one of the many, many wrestlers on the roster. <laughs> no, of course not. He's going up against Roy Raymond. Roy <laughs> Raymond. Lost it, Roy Raymond. <laughs> Everybody such... loves Roy <laughs> Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is this? <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it's Mabel v. Roy Raymond. Um, Mabel <laughs> comes out with the old carrying on the throne thing, and the, the blokes look like they're struggling. And uh, Rhino! Well, Rhino's one of the ones carrying him. Do you call that? Rhino oh, really? from Was last he? week. Yeah, he's at the front. <laughs> so the jobbers the apparently jobbers have, to, have to do Mabel duty <laughs> to add <laughs> to the <laughs> flipping <laughs> ignominy. Not only do they get battered the week prior, is if that wasn't bad enough, they've got to carry out, which which isn't just embarrassing, it must fucking hurt. It must, must be, be exhausting. I mean, must Rhino be. is massive and he is struggling. <laughs> oh, oh, I go back now and can find my rim in the breeze. I didn't realise that. Poor Rhino oh. at the front, absolutely grimacing. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's lopsided again, isn't it? They, they haven't, in terms of the, the strength ratio, they've not evened it out there. That I must mean, be Joe dog inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> Doubling up as uh, carrying Mabel's. As Mabel um, carries the poor Mabel's lad. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> as far as the action goes here, you'd be surprised to hear there's not much to discuss. Um, <laughs> uh, King Mabel, he just ragdolls, he ragdolls uh, Roy Raymond around for a while. while while more, Sir Moore oh, is at ringside so. holding Mabel's crown. Sir Moore's also wearing a crown of his own, which I thought looked a bit strange. It's not you, you don't, when you're knighted, you don't get a crown. That's, that's no, just, no, there's only one king. They've got, they've got a massive issue here, haven't they, with like royal understanding, don't they? Like we've got the royal <laughs> team, like no one's a royal. Like it, what's, they didn't listen in history, did they, these lads? Nah, a pack of idiots. Um, we'll just move to the finish. We'll get on with Good. this one. Finishes, it's Mabel. <laughs> he hits a, he hits a splash on Raymond in the corner. It looked like it really fucking hurt. Yeah, completely awful, squashed awful. Roy Raymond. Yeah. 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 Mabel was clearly aware Roy Raymond wasn't carrying him back on the fucking throne (laughs) after he's done this one you think he'd take more care knowing that Roy Raymond might be carrying him next week you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) and could easily drop him true good point Um, 
It's a monster suplex after that, does Mabel, and then he, he casually kind of lays across the fallen jobber for the pin. He's mugging it to the hard camera. The only thing I noticed there, the only thing of note I would say about the whole match is how fucking big Mabel's arms. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah they were yeah, bigger yeah, than his head that. in yeah. this shot. They were bigger than his fucking yeah, head. Crazy, yeah. It was ludicrous. Yeah, it is. Right, th- this as well, this match, right, there was no need for this squash match, was they like, as you said, uh, Steve. Um, in terms of like your squash matches that are to yeah, enhance your talent so yep. the Ahmed Johnson match made a load of sense because you had Survivor Series coming up yep. we hadn't seen him like actually wrestle there so that was like a perfect opportunity Mabel he's one king of the ring yeah. he's like he was involved in a storyline with The Undertaker there's no need for him to go up against Roy Raymond at all was there <laughs> no they're really put, him in, a ma- put yeah. him in a match against yeah. someone on the, uh, the, the, someone the, um, the dark side team yeah. so yep. you know one of those people so I can uh, I assume from that safely that all of us here, not everybody loves Roy Raymond. Twice in one. Twice in one. Got it in the intro, got it in the outro. Let's move on. Oh yeah, come on, let's get away from that one. From there we get another promo from President Bill Clinton. He's telling us he's going to be a Survivor Series. Can't wait. Taking the time to record two pro- two promos for WWF is probably a bit of a liberty, isn't it, for the uh, sitting president? This week, did you go, ah, oh, yeah, we were idiots last week. Did it did it dawn you that this is a no, really I have bad here. I have wrote, I did think the two-bit nature of this lookalike was a lot clearer after you've raised it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Good. Thank Christ for that. I think because of like the quality of the footage on the network. <laughs> yeah, you can see I, it in I just, detail. Yeah, I just like took it for, like, on first glance, it was, it was Bill Clinton, but yeah. I feel like a right idiot now. <laughs> Good. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not speak of that ever again. Right, shall we not, Leo? Let's move on. We won't speak that ever again. We'll go straight to the main event. Here we go. The kid's on the way out. He's got his ref and gear on. How bad does he look? <laughs> he's got his full ref and gear it's on. tracky gear. He's like he's been to lost property here. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing fits for him. He's got it to Vince. Vince, any any ref any ref any ref gear? Right, have a look in the box there. So go on, <laughs> fill your boots. <laughs> Earl Hebner might have uh, might have left one uh, last week. <laughs> oh man! Well, see. the kid's there in his fucking dad's <laughs> refing gear, and <laughs> he's joined momentarily in the ring by Sid Psycho Sid, who's followed out by Ted DiBiase. And he makes an ominous reference to his Survivor Series match, does Sid. He suggests only one man is going to survive, and it will be him. Um, before Razor enters, we're going to get a recap. This time of a tag team title match that took place on Superstars. This pissed me off, because I'm thinking, all the shite we've had to sit through with the fucking the job guys and whatever else, untold amounts of job guys, they're serving up choice cuts like the smoking guns v Razor and Kid on fucking Superstars. <laughs> Criminal in it. Just for real. I know. Um, anyway, in said match, Kid was on the receiving end of all manner of fucking double teams, and uh, Razor <laughs> had to break awesome. up multiple pinning predicaments, which <laughs> this led to Razor being disqualified. It doesn't sound like the kid. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is what has led to the fallout, though. So Razor trying to save the kid has pissed the kid off. And come on, this is what said to the fallout. So again, which is perfectly in line with the kids' gimmick of being a complete idiot. <laughs> um, from there, we move on. Razor Ramon comes out. They mentioned as well that the one, two, three kid uh, got slopped as well. Apparently, did he? Yeah, he did get slopping. They literally have ticked. They've gone through the checklist of how can we make the kid look. Like how can we embarrass? Yeah, one, how two, can three he look kid as any much of a moron as possible? Uh, from there, Razor Ramon comes out. 
you get a bit of a decent pyro display. I felt this was a bit of an upgrade. On I remember a few weeks ago, uh, Steve, when you referred to this, one of the earlier pods, when you referred to this as a golden shower pyro. I think they they upgraded slightly. And I felt he's, this was he's got bit... the bottom bit to go to the top bit of the golden shower pyro now. Yeah, yeah he's I upgraded. Think... I think someone might have been checking the pyro out on WCW and felt a bit embarrassed. Yeah, so I think to, uh, so. <laughs> inject maybe a bit of their own vast wealth into the, the budget there to <laughs> increase that. Anyway, the bell rings. The kid calls for it. Ring that bell. The match starts. Sid, he's instantly, he's overpowering Reyes. He's pounding the ribs. Some mm. forceful right hands. As the kid tries to break this up, Sid tells him, a shut up. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Twice, <laughs> tells him twice. I ate Sid, but that was good. <laughs> Razor <laughs> fires up for his own flurry of right hands he sends Sid to the outside uh, one of my favourite spots followed this where Sid upon returning to the ring charges at Razor who is mm. fully on the other side of the ring so Sid has entered one side Razor is completely as far away <laughs> yeah. as he could possibly yeah. be upon getting upright Sid raises his hands into the double axe handle position he crosses the ring from a long way out, hands raised in the double axe oh, handle position. Couldn't be telegraphing it more, correct? No, no, could not. Razor has had fair notice about what's coming. <laughs> he just responds by booting Sid in the stomach. And that's <laughs> but looking like a complete twat doesn't hold Sid back for too long as he's soon <laughs> on top again. He gets a cover on Razor. Kid counts two. Vince points out Kid's impartiality due to this slow count. Mm. Nice, uh, nice little bit of foreshadowing, yeah. Vince. Uh, there's been almost no interaction between Kid and Razor here, and I have noted at this point, so nothing to suggest there's any friction between them, or nothing to suggest any cordiality. Nothing, no attempts to reconcile. Nothing, just nothing. We're just not even acknowledging one another. <laughs> but back to the action, we get a nice spot from Sid where he chokes Sam's Razor with a single hand. It was an impressive feat, but I mm. didn't mm-hmm. like how this looked compared to the style where they used the free hand on the back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's like a push. Adds and a bit it, more to it. And you need you need the other bloke, the bloke receiving it, to do a lot more and do a lot more jumping so it doesn't look as believable yeah. as a result. Yeah, yeah it didn't look as good. Nah. Uh, instead of going for the pin on the completely motionless Razor Ramon at this point, <laughs> Psycho Stid starts giving it out to the crowd, doing some taunting. <laughs> so as well as the rest... Psycho, that's what you do. Yeah, psycho. Yes, indeed. He previously told the crowd, all the crowd, to shut up, as well as the ref. So it's uncanny. It's uncanny. All this taunting and uh, pausing he's doing is hardly going to win him any friends. Come on, Sid. You can do better than this. Um, back in the ring again. It's back in the action. Sid, he's choking Razor out of the ropes. The ref then pulls him away. As he does, DBS, he gives Razor a big right hand in the face. The king loves this one on comms. Um, Sid continues to dominate. He's using his power throughout. Razor's having to work like someone much smaller and he's getting like hoid around yeah. despite Sid being a similar size. Yeah, weird. didn't that. look right yeah, to weird. me. Yeah, weird. Yep, agreed. Uh, Razor makes another brief comeback. He attempts to raise his edge right next to the ropes. Like, like if you raise his edge to me, I, <laughs> you'd kill him. Sid reverses this, obviously, and uh, he back body drops him onto the outside. Razor goes over the ropes. He's on the concrete. Yeah or the mat outside covering the concrete should I say but we've all watched wrestling before we've all watched wrestling we all know how it looks <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, while the ref's not looking here while the kid's distracted the million dollar man gets a few boots in love that and Vince begins to question what's he doing here I'm thinking I think that's Ted DiBiase Vince he's Psycho Sid's manager he's with him all the time <laughs> but then <laughs> the camera pans to the ramp and Dressed way too formally oh, to be part of any no, WCW no, commentary bro. team. It's Dean Douglas. Awful. 
We haven't seen him for a few weeks, have we? No, I thought no, yeah, I'd haven't. forgotten about him. In, in all honesty, yeah, same. I, oh, I totally forgot that he, uh, that he was part of this. Gutted. The kids distracted again, and this allows uh, the interfering dean to kick the shit out of Razor, and it's really stirred up things ahead of the wildcard match, hasn't it? You know, these two are meant to be tag team partners. You know, are we going to get on now after this? Uh, Douglas has got some words for the fallen Razor as he leaves as well, allowing Sid to pick up the pieces. Um, Razor just beats the count out after Sid works him over on the outside and leaves Razor gets back in the ring Razor's back in just before the count at 10 um, his return is met with more beatings from Sid though this is a prolonged assault at this stage mm. uh, Sid gets a two count from a backdrop and then another two count following a big air leg drop Sid then gets Razor in a chin lock before letting him out of it and repositioning himself into a half-assed camel clutch sort of position yeah weird weird yeah well this is also where we get sets up the spot where Razor can uh, struggle to his feet with Sid on his shoulders and then drop him backwards onto the mat. So the yeah. replay shows it again, and this was a fucking huge bump. Yeah, with Sid landing right on the back of his bonds. Yeah, it was massive. That yeah, yeah it looked painful. This it did. Uh, both men are up before the ki- before the kid counts him out, and Razor's in the ascendancy straight away. He, he hits a bulldog off the second rope for a two count. It was a little enthusiastically counted by the kid, um, <laughs> yeah, and then quick. following. <laughs> This kick out Sid sends Razor running the ropes and assumes the idiot position now the idiot position is even more egregious here because that is how Razor Ramon does his finisher you've got to be in the idiot position before Razor Ramon can yeah. hit that finisher so yeah. I would avoid this at all costs here. under pain of death don't attempt a back body drop yeah, yeah the benefits the of back position. body dropping him the, yeah, the, the risks minimal. yeah exactly far 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 <laughs> outweigh the rewards here um <laughs> anyway, Razor duly accepts the invite from Sid and sets him up for the Razor's Edge. What an idiot you are, Sid. But luckily for you, luckily for you, the kid has been fucking turned, and he? He's been paid off because the kid grabs Sid's legs, pulls him out of danger. Razor turns around thinking, what the hell? What the hell's happened here? At this point, Sid boots him in the midriff and it's a power bomb of his own. Um, Sid then goes to the cover, which Kid counts lightning fast. Lightning fast and asymmetrical. Like, like, duh, duh, duh. like what? you can count quickly. One, two, three. You know what I mean? What are you doing? You idiot. He's just shite, isn't he? Yeah, he even messed that up. Didn't he? <laughs> he did. He's just fucking it's useless. A, it's atrocious. Um, yeah, he gets the pin and the kid celebrates with Sid while DBS stuffs a $5 bill into Razor's Oh, oh, oh no, no. A Canadian five dollar bill. Oh, Canadian five dollar, was it? <laughs> Which I cracked at because <laughs> it's worth even less. It's correct. Well, then even Super. still, this makes the next bit look even more ridiculous because yes, before they leave the ring, the kid pockets this fiver, looks <laughs> around shiftily like they won't see me do this. Yeah, of course they have. Of course they have. You bell end. There's about eight cameras on your course. We all have. But then I guess he is a kid after all, so he's probably going to buy some sweets or something on the way home. <laughs> a colouring book. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, the, the indication is is spelled out to us, and as I've already uh, briefly mentioned, uh, the, the kid has been bought out by Ted DiBiase. Yeah. I know this, this seems like a fucking shit investment by Ted DiBiase. Yeah, no, really yeah, yeah, charity. It's given to charity. More money than sense. Horrendous. <laughs> So that was the Monday the 13th of November 1995 edition of Monday Night Raw. And now to find out what we thought of it. Liam, give us your Raw ratings builders. So Raw builder number one for me. 
was Ahmed Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the guy is a unit. Huge. So physically Big impressive. Yeah. Um, totally, you know, totally understood why they had him in a squash match, as I've, I've made note to early on in the uh, the pod. Enhanced his profile nicely ahead of the Survivor Series match. Yeah. Well played. Yep. This is why you use your jobbers in the right way. Correct. So, yeah. Well done <laughs> for that. Um, Builder number two, I'm going to go for Razor Ramon. Nice. Um, and in the absence of the WWF champion, and we've had a, a plethora of jobbers, <laughs> Razor Ramon has been a consistent shining light yeah, agreed. over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, Holding it together. I thought, I thought he made, he made the, this match tonight look really better than it was. Um, yeah. And it's just been very entertaining, very enjoyable to watch all of the uh, the matches that he's been involved in. But yeah, very impressive again. Razor Ramon, easily one of the builders on this programme. Lovely. And then builder number three. I'm struggling here. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I am struggling. Um, but I think this speaks volumes of how bad Raw is at the moment when my builder number three is the karate fight. <laughs> I'm, b- I'm being honest. So, literally Vince and Jerry Lawler playing with toys has made my builder's list. Fantastic stuff. Um, my builder number one for Raw this week was Ted DiBiase's Canadian $5 bill. <laughs> I, I was in tears. I had to stop it and rewind it. <laughs> I don't even know if it was, but King on commentary said that's a Canadian $5 bill, so it could be King that really deserves this build-up, but <laughs> just, that just tickled me. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Build number two, the kid's heel turn. Uh, right. I know it wasn't done particularly well. I know the crowd totally fucking no-sold it, but he really, really badly needed a turn heel. Like, his character has just been for... I, I, I still think he's great in the ring. I still enjoy watching his matches. Really enjoyed them earlier on in the kind of... I can see... Lost Liam shaking his head, but I uh, I really enjoyed them early on in 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 watching raw stuff. But um, his character is appalling, and his promos are even worse. And he needs something different, and a heel turn is exactly what he needs. I'm building number three. Triple H's terrible cartoon slip and slide selling. It had to be ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was totally OTT. And I loved it yeah, for that, and it sure. got it got a chuckle, and I loved that 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 thing lasted all of you know the whole match was done in in a minute or two, and yet both those lads still made an impression on me. Brilliant way to maximise your TV time, lads. Great stuff, and it made sense as well because they are obviously facing off in exactly that Survivor Series. So. Made sense, built it up. We get to see him finally go at it after both getting one over on the other. Perfect tee up. Didn't have today to welcome cracking. Jim, what were your raw ratings builders? Builder number one is the absolute Goliath of a man, Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was uh, just cool to see him. I've never seen him in the ring before. That was the first time. Yeah, and that was uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, good to see. It's again like we've mentioned this before previously in a pod. It's what the pod's all about, really, isn't it? Learning about these things that we yeah uh, would have missed because we were too young when we didn't get into raw until a bit later on. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, builder number two. I mentioned some things from this quite a lot of things in fact that I wasn't particularly fond of but overall I like the angle with a kid uh, double crossing razor yep. uh, enjoying DiBiase's 
kind of group, whether that's a wise move from DiBiase, I don't know whether it's a move I'd be making if I had that kind of financial backing. I have seen serious doubts. But uh, He's had Sting, the rock star's financial advisor, in his corner, hasn't he? He's, quite possibly, uh, yeah. Terrible. Quite possibly. The kid's the sort of person who try and convert fucking Russian military planes into... <laughs> Passenger jets. <laughs> Passenger jets, yeah. And finally, uh, builder number three is... The comedy fall. You you said it's the I've said it. Hunter S. Helms is selling that comedy yeah. fall. Wiley Coyote would have been proud of him. Well <laughs> yeah. done to you, Triple H. <laughs> Superb, Liam. What were your raw ratings killers? Killer number one for raw this week, um, pretty convincingly, is the uh, the Bret Hart and Diesel promo. <sighs> yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, to to use eight. Over eight minutes of your airtime on on this Cubbins um, is shocking. So, so if you if you're so desperate to get these two people onto a show, shoehorn them in some other way. Get them get them again with a tag team partner or something or other. It would be, like, as we mentioned, it'd be nice just to see Diesel actually wrestling yeah. someone. Yeah. Um, but they've definitely gone the wrong the wrong way about this uh, this week. This this was shocking. Um, went on far too long. And the way they were, I mean, none of it made really any sense. You know, it was just literally just back and forth, just shit yeah. being thrown at one another. Number two, I'm going to go for the uh, the Mabel and Roy Raymond match. <laughs> I just don't think it needed to be there. I, I, I don't get why they had uh, Mabel going up against this jobber. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's a, he's a massive guy. You've already built him up, you know, convincingly. Yeah, yeah massively. Um, yeah. And, and and with the other matches, they all had elements of people who were going up against I know, one of the opposition from Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. get Mabel in a match against, as we said, someone from the Dark Side team and it would have made much more sense. I just thought it was, again, a waste of time. They're wasting too much time for me at the moment, Raw. Uh, yeah, just yeah, just yeah. filling in um, slots, which they don't need to, with, with, with people... Uh, we're not not relevant at the moment. Yeah. And then killer number three, I'm going to go Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> um, he, he, he's making himself look like a right idiot at the moment. <laughs> Correct. Right to to open the show and to 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 uh, to let the, the fans know that you you've taken this uh, this this title shot element out of the match yeah. yet yet to keep one person in the match as a referee that you had doubts about just didn't make any sense. <laughs> And, and again, it yeah. makes you look like a right moron, which Jerry Lawler did correctly pull up. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely right. made up when uh, Jerry Lawler <laughs> highlighted that because I was in total agreement. Um, the interim president at the moment, oh. I think he's going to be looking for a new job uh, quite quite soonish, to be honest. So, um, yeah, Gorilla Monsoon was was killer number three. Bloody great. Uh, so my killer number one, the kid as a referee. Terrible. He looks like an absolute moron, even worse than I was expecting. I'll say no more. Killer number two, Dean Douglas. I actually said out loud, oh shit, when he arrived. Like when he, <laughs> when he popped up, I said that, right? And I clocked myself doing it. I could not be looking forward to this match at Survivor Series any less. I, I just, I'd forgotten he existed. Awful. Can't wait. Can't wait to go through it. <laughs> yeah, over to you, lost Liam. <laughs> and... Killer number three, the pumped-in crowd noise loop. Oh, once I heard it, I couldn't unhear it, and I can only apologise for telling you a lot about it and making everyone aware because I think I've now I've shrekt you. I think you won't be able to unhear it. Jim, what were your raw ratings killers? Okay, uh, for me, killer number one, 
is uh, the the frankly absurd, uh, nonsensical way to open the program. Uh, Liam's already touched upon Gorilla Monsoon's idiocy, and yeah, yeah I was going to echo that at that point. The, the idea that they're going to the chance to get rid of the special guest referee, but instead we're going to keep the special guest referee as he is. But, <laughs> but we're going to get rid of the fact that this matches for the title. It just, oh, it was just fucking stupid. Killer number two, the face-to-face interview is in there as well. You couldn't not mention that. Um, Atrocious. And then killer number three, I think we're saying it every week now, or I certainly am. Um, there's just too many jobbers on these programmes. Yeah. They're putting blockbuster tag team title matches on fucking superstars. And we're watching more than one of... Joe Dorgan, Brian Walsh, John Reckner, Phil Apollo. Every week. Yeah, Roy Raymond on a weekly basis. <laughs> Terry and, um, Richards. Terry Richards, yeah. Right, of course. Yeah, it's, 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 in, it's, it's insane now, isn't it? The, uh, the use of jobbers. It's ridiculous. They, they could have their own jobbers Royal Rumble, couldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The jobber Rumble. I'd watch that. Yeah. In fairness, I'd watch that. <laughs> the four out first could, uh, can carry Mabel in next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So with all of that in mind, let's see which show we all thought deserved to win the viewing figures fight this week. Liam, which show did you think was the best one this time round? So I think I think my decision's uh, an easy one this week. Um, I've struggled to pick which show um, has, has come out on top over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, this week, Nice Row by a country mile was was the was the better program, and I've said this for a couple of weeks now. Raw, Raw are playing a dangerous game for that segment between Bret Hart and, and, and Diesel to, to last eight minutes um, was shocking. So very very easy decision for me this week. Uh, easily Nice Row. Jim, same question to you. Which one won the fight for viewing figures in your mind? Yes, another another easy one for me. Nice Row all day long. Um, They've clearly established they've got a good contingent of excellent wrestlers and are packing them in to the show. Yeah. Uh, seem to be doing it on a weekly basis, consistently wrestling against one another and serving up brilliant matches regularly. Yeah. Um, also, they're putting Hogan on early doors, so it means you get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to Bischoff like reference back, but... Yeah, but that's yeah, all Actually, right. the horrendous promo is, is, is over and done with. The band-aid is fucking ripped off and... <laughs> You get on with it. I think that's another good move. Raw is just fucking boring, isn't it? Week in, same thing, boring stuff. But every time I say, well, I think it's going to win, the other show wins, so Raw will probably end up winning. (laughs) Uh, Same for me. Easy decision. Clean sweep. Nitro, hands down. Um, Very little Hogan. Um, I spent about 15 minutes privately crying with laughter at him telling Macho to moose fast um, so I'll take that as a Hogan input <laughs> for the show that was great <laughs> well that's what we think but what did the American viewing public think in 1995 let's open the golden envelope to find out <laughs> Raw 2.6 Nitro 2.0 
Fucking Whoa. hell. Raw now leads 5-3 to three on the Monday night scoreboard. What a travesty. I can't believe that. That's crackers. How are they doing it? It's yeah, insane. two weeks in a row that uh, Nitro have been, uh, have been screwed over that. It's been the exact same score two weeks in a row. Last week because it was 2.6 oh, yeah, to yeah, 2.0. I don't get yet. how they like... That's crazy. All the people who watched Raw last week must have thought, fucking hell, that was boring. And then they've tuned in again. Like, <laughs> yeah. 100%. There's no way it can win next week after two weeks of sheer dross. Must have been karate fights. That's all I can think. That's the, only, that's the only thing. Oh, yeah, I can't believe that. That's shocks. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So yes, as I say, Raw now leads 5-3 to three on the Monday night scoreboard. Well, before we head off to start bidding on Jimmy Hart's Hulkamania jacket eBay listings, don't forget to follow us on Twitter if you don't already. We are at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, this has been the Monday Night Scores. <laughs> <laughs>